0: Seated, Good stuff. Man, I want to, again, welcome every campus. Let's give it up for Blackwater. All the men in Blackwater, all of the guards, we welcome you, and we are so thankful for you. Thank you for coming out. We are so glad that you're here. And then Gulf Breeze, let's welcome Gulf Breeze. Let's welcome Gulf Breeze. Good stuff. How about Navarre? Let's welcome Navarre. Buddy, welcome Navarre. And Pensacola. Come on. We we'll welcome Pensacola. We're glad that you are here. We know you could be doing a lot of things. We know you could be doing a whole lot of things. But listen, when you put God first, when you put God first and, and Pensacola, I mean, we're, we're here Saturday and uh, we're getting a jump start on the next week. So we're kind of like finishing, finishing the week well, but then we're launching into the new week even better. I like that. I like that. Well, we've been in a series. We've been in this series, Happily Ever After, and uh, it's been a great series. Had a lot of fun, been a great series. Uh, We talked about uh, that there are five, right, there are five commitments that if you make these commitments and then if you manage these commitments, they'll fail-proof your marriage. But you got to do it, and it's hard work. How many know it's hard work? It's not easy, man. Marriage marriage is, is like a garden, man. It can be beautiful or it can be a little cray-cray. You know what I'm saying? Them weeds growing up everywhere. It takes hard work. And you can't just put it on, you know, you can't just set on a coast. You can't just put it in neutral. Like you have to be diligent. You have to be on purpose. You have to be intentional. And so the hope of this series is the gospel. Because no matter where your marriage is, Even if you've lost all hope in your marriage, I want to tell you something, there's good news. Hope has a name, Jesus is alive, and your marriage still has great potential. And you're like, you don't know my marriage. I may not know your marriage, but I knew my marriage, and I told y'all, the first three years were hard. You know, you get married, you think it's just going to be lovely, right? You think it's going to be perfect, you just think it's going to be easy. And sometimes it's those things, but most of the time it's just hard work, isn't it? And then you have kids and the kids come around and it's like, oh man, this is even more hard work. And you just got to make and you got to manage these five commitments. If you do that, I believe with all my heart, what happen is you'll get out of it what you put into it. You'll get out of it what you put into it. It's, uh, it's not karma. It's actually a biblical principle that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So if you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. If, if you sow thoughtfulness, you're going to reap thoughtfulness. Are you with me? That's what I'm talking about. I, I, y'all got to help me preach today. Now, come on. Come on. You gotta, let's go. So what are those five? Commitments. We, we talked about them, the five commitments. We said, man, these five are really five to thrive. They're five to thrive. And so the first one that we talked about is we said, man, you got to what? Seek God. And we talked about the triangle, right? The triangle. And we said, God is at the top and we're here and we'll never be closer than when we both seek God. But maybe you're here and you say, well, Pastor Tim, my spouse isn't a Christian. Pray for him. Pray for her. And love them. And don't throw the Bible at them. Don't beat them over the head with the Bible and just constantly preach, preach, preach. No, no, just love them. In fact, Jesus said, he said this, by, um, by our love, the world would know what? That we're his Disciples. So you know what that means? Look, look, look. It means that by the way that I love people, that that is the proof that I'm a follower of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Some of y'all look like you're dead today. I'm not going to lie. Y'all just looking dead, man. Turn around and look to the person beside you. Go ahead. You two. Gulf Navarre, let's go. Blackwater. Turn, look at the person beside you and say, hey, you better wake up. That's too good to miss. That's too good to miss we got to seek God. And we talked about this. We seek the other one. But God says, seek me first. Listen, if you're not married, you want to be married, and married, maybe marriage is way out there in the distance, seek God first. If you seek God today, then you'll be the person tomorrow who the person that you're looking for tomorrow is actually looking for today. You'd be there. So seek God first. Then we talked about fighting. We talked about fighting, man. Every marriage has fights. If you've ever fought and you're married, raise your hand. If you just lied, raise your hand. But we, we all have fights. And sometimes they're over the dumbest things, right? Aren't they? They're just over some of the dumbest things. I mean, we just totally, we fight and we're like, we, we don't even remember what we're fighting about. You with me? we got to learn to fight fair, fighting fair, right? And so we're going to learn to fight, what, for each other, not against each other. So we're going to fight fair. Then then we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun, man. Are you kidding me? The truth is you're sitting beside the person that you're married to because once upon a time you had fun with that person. You, mm, once upon a time you thought they were fun and you're like, "Uh uh-huh. That was a long time ago, Pastor Tim. Well, you know what? Dust it off. Have fun again. And we talked about that. We said, man, you got to have fun. So, So one of the ways, one of the secrets to rekindle your relationship is to do what you used to do. So if you were smitten because he wrote you love notes, then dude, start writing some love notes. If you're like, man, my wife's a businesswoman, she's traveling, she's gone four days out of the week, but she remembers that you used to put, you know, write a note and give it to her when you first got married. You put it in the suitcase, you put it, you put it, you know, uh, right over there, You'd, you'd hide it in a suitcase, she'd pull it out, she'd read it and be like, oh, my God. Do it again. If you did it before, do it again. If you used to have a blast playing tennis, do it again. Well, we're not as good as we used to be. That's all right. Do it again. If you used to say, you know what, man? Man, we just, we, we love, man, we're into sports. We love going to ball. Do it again. And, and here's the truth. Sometimes you have to do things that's fun for your spouse that isn't exactly your favorite thing to do. I'm talking about give and take because marriage isn't 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. That's what I'm talking about. Marriage isn't 50-50. Marriage is I'm going to give 100%. And then the other spouse says, I'm going to give 100%, and we're in this thing, some will say, together. That's what it is. You got to have fun again. And, and if you have kids, have fun with your kids, and then have fun without your kids. You see how I'm smiling? Because I learned that. I learned that truth. Pastor Andy Stanley, probably 18 years ago, I think I heard him talk about that. And he's like, you ought to go on vacations. Go on vacations without your kid. I'd never heard of that. We didn't have any kids, but I made a mental note. <laughs> I was like, one day we're going to leave their butts behind and we go going on vacation without them. But some of you, oh, we could never do that. We're all about the kids. But if you're not careful, the kids will leave. You'll be sitting on the other side of the dining room table and you'll be looking like, who the heck are you? Because I don't know you anymore. I've just known my kids. Don't put your kids before your spouse, are you with me? Yeah, we're just going over a little review and then I'm going to cast some vision real quick about Easter. So, but, but I want you to get this, listen, if you put your kids, kids are awesome, but if you put your kids before your spouse, danger, not good, not good at all, not good. And, and the kids, they pick up on it quick. They pick up on it quick and then they just, they, they maintain that position is what they do. Isn't that true? And so you can't do that, man. So we're going to have fun. And then last week we talked about stay pure, stay pure. A scripture has so many verses in it. And, and scripture is not just some man wrote this down. This is God's word is breathed by God. It was written down and recorded by men. And God says that his word is settled forever in heaven. It, it, his word is preserved. Man can't mess up what God does. Are you with me? When, when God wills something to happen, man cannot undo that. Are you with me? So so we have a couple of things here. Uh, Stay pure. Stay pure means I'm going to stay pure here because here has everything to do with here. But oftentimes we forget about that. And our heart is prone to wander. Our hearts are prone to leave the God that we serve. That's an old hymn. Our heart is prone to wander. It's prone to, I mean, we can be here, we can be here with loving God, and everything, and, then, and we get out there and the temptation is real, isn't it? It's right there, isn't it? I know it is. We see people whose marriages don't make it. And, and so we said, you know what, let's do this series. Happily, happily, not happily, happily ever after. How do you have a happily ever after marriage? If you saw the bumper, you saw pictures of older couples. You know what love is? Love is a couple that's been together 50, 60 years, and they're holding hands. I brought, out, um, I brought out some notes today. I was looking at them, and when we moved here, it wasn't two weeks after we moved here, which was eight years ago. Our family moved from Tampa, and we had a funeral. One of our dear friends we were actually staying with them at the time. Frankie, you're over here. I saw Frankie back there. We were staying with the booths. And Papa Cliff's father passed away. And I went and I talked to Papa Cliff's mom. And she said, 54 years, 54 years. She's like, I never heard him say a bad word about somebody. 54 years. She loved him. That's what love is about. And you can, you can get there. You can get there. You you, you can be old and gray and love each other and still be totally in love. How do we do that? We have to make commitments. The truth is, the truth is, your marriage is more than a commitment. Your marriage is a covenant. A covenant, a little bit bigger deal than just a commitment. You know, today, you know what we do? We go and we we like, man, I'm going to go with Verizon. I'm going to go with AT&T or whatever. And we stay with them until we don't like it. And then what do we do? We get out. We break the what? Contract. We pay extra. We're willing sometimes to lose money. We see a better deal. Don't we? And, And God says, no, 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 no. When it comes to marriage, marriage is holy. Marriage is a covenant and God says, stay pure in your marriage. Sex, any type of sex, any type of sex outside of biblical marriage is wrong. And last week we talked about that. We talked about the marriage bed and how we are to bring honor to the marriage bed. And so speaking of the marriage bed, we had a challenge last week, and I hope you, I hope you were here. If you missed last week, you, you could have missed one of the most important weeks if you're married of uh, the, uh, the uh, life of the church, man. We challenged married couples. We said, listen, listen, we challenge you to heat it up, to heat it up, a seven-day sex... Experiment is what we called it. We said, God says, God says that sex is good and sex inside of marriage is right and it's pleasing to God. And so I hope you had a good week. I know some of y'all smiling a little extra today. And uh, that's, that's a good thing. You say, Pastor Tim, you know, we're gonna look nine months from now, people are gonna be having babies, man. He's growing the church, you know. But I'll tell you this honestly, as a pastor, if you're not having sex in your marriage, You'll be having sex outside of your marriage. And men, if you don't kiss her, someone else will. If you don't hold her hand, someone else will. Ladies, if you don't love your husband, someone else will. And so we're going to do it God's way. We're going to stay pure. Someone say stay pure. Stay pure. See God. Come on. Come on, everyone stand up. Right now in Pensacola, stand up. Y'all going to do it too. So go ahead, Gulf Breeze. Go ahead, Navarre, stand up. Uh, the Pensacola struggling today. And, and so I learned a long time ago as a kid's pastor, make them stand when they're struggling. So now we're going to stand together for a little bit. We're going to wake up a little bit. I don't know. We need a little energy in this place. I don't know, man. Am I at the right church? Am I at the right church? I'm not sure if I'm at the right church. I see dead people. I, I, I don't Come on. Somebody help a brother. Someone say, seek God. See, we're going to preach with y'all standing up. You're doing better already. Someone say, seek God. See God. Someone say, fight fair. fight fair. Someone say, have fun. Have fun. Someone say, stay pure. stay pure. And then today, we're going to talk about never quit. Someone say, never quit. Never quit. All right, y'all, y'all did a good job. Y'all be seated. Awesome. I want to tell you about Easter real quick, and then I'm going to preach on never quit. In fact, I'm excited about this message, but let me tell you what I'm really pumped about. Easter is coming. Easter weekend is the 11th and the 12th, the 11th and the 12th, and I don't know about y'all, but there's nothing bigger than the resurrection of Jesus. There's nothing Bigger than the resurrection of Jesus on that third day when the devil thought he had won it, when the devil thought it was over, when the devil was announcing himself, uh uh-uh, Jesus got up out of that tomb, and he's alive forevermore. I'm thankful for that, and I get excited about Easter every Easter, but Jesus is alive every day. It's Easter. It's resurrection day every day. It is. It is. So, this Easter, you know, every Easter we try to bring someone in. You remember last year? Last year, Larry came, Larry Jovi did a great job. Didn't he do a great job? Did an awesome job. This year we got somebody. We're going to show a a video clip here in just a second. Um, But right before you watch it, here's the deal. I I just think we ought to make it enticing for people who want to come to church. And there are people that they only come at Christmas. They only come at Easter. So we're going to fish with some bait on the hook. Are you with me? All right. We got... Y'all want to know who it is? Look at the screen. Watch this.
1: You we were made for this moment. We was made for this moment. You come the opportunity. was hit with a seven thousand dollar fine over the weekend for wearing a headband that said man of god 1027 my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me nothing positions you to hear God's voice like walking in obedience to God don't go to the sideline. stay in because God might be about to call an audible which
0: no play to score your Tuesday are you kidding me Are you kidding me? DeMario Davis in the house. It's going to be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Do we have any Saints fans? Any Saints fans? Any Houdat Nation? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, I talked to DeMario a week ago, and he is lit. He is excited. He is pumped about coming to Pensacola, coming to the Gulf Coast, and speaking at Momentum Church. It's gonna be incredible. I'm gonna interview him, and he loves Jesus, man. He loves Jesus, and he loves the resurrection. It was a no-brainer. In fact, last year, last year we had Sony Michelle, and Sony uh, something came up, and Sony had to cancel, and he apologized, and he's like, "I'm so so sorry. I would love to come. Please let me come in the future." When that happened, man, we're heating up some phones, and uh, you know what happened? To Mario Davis was like, "I would love to go." He said, I can't do it this year. He said, I'd love to go next year. And that was a no brainer. I'm telling you, if you know anything about football, you know who he is, man. He is unstoppable. But I love the fact that he loves Jesus. Now here's what's cool, right before the host come, watch this, here's what's super cool. He took up, he was wearing the band, the man of God. Y'all heard about that. NFL said, no, we're gonna fine you 7000 $8,000 a game. You can't do that. He's like, no, nah, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear this thing. He took it to court and won. And now there's all kinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now watch, watch this, watch this. Because watch. Sometimes in our jobs, we're like, why well, I just can't talk about Jesus. I said, I just can't talk about Jesus in my job. He's in the NFL. He's in the NFL. And the NFL said, you can't do that. When they were saying, you can do this. But they were saying, you can't do that. He was like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh. Tell me what I can't do. I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to pray anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. And not only did he win, but God used that whole thing to launch, to launch this movement is what we're talking about. And now there are kids all over the place wearing child of God headbands, women all over the place wearing women of God headbands, men all over the place wearing men of God, Man of God headbands. Come on. It's awesome. Here's what I want you to do. Host, stay right where you're at. Here's what I want you to do. Get out your phones real quick. Get out your phones right now. Everyone take out your phones. Hold your phones up. Here's what I want you to do. Everyone right now. Navar, I'm talking to you. Come on. Go freeze. I'm talking to you. If you're watching online, we welcome the online campus. I'm talking to you. Maybe you're watching on your phone. Here's what I want everyone to do. I want you right now. Go to the notes. Go to notes section right now. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this right now. We're, we're going to take time together today to take action. A lot of T's. Take action. There's no moment like the present moment. That's what I want you to do. I want you to put down five people right now. Five people. I'm not, I don't want you to invite your best friend that goes to another great church in town. Because Jesus didn't call us, as my friend Pat said today, Jesus didn't call us to take disciples. He called us to make disciples. That will preach right there. I'm telling you, I want you to write down five people who are unchurched or unsaved. They're unchurched or they're unsaved, and they need to be here this Easter. I want you to make a list. You can do more than five. You can do 55. You can do 555. But I want you to at least do five, everyone right now. If you don't know five people who are away from Jesus, I love you, but I'm going to pastor you. You need to be more like Jesus. Because Jesus was a friend of sinners. So if you got everything in your Christian bubble as Christian, Jesus didn't call us to be sterile. He called us to be holy. But he also called us to be friends of sinners. Five people. And then what I want you to do is I want you to pray tonight, before you go to bed, I want you to pray over those five. Tomorrow, I want you to pray over those five, and then this week, I want you to invite those five. Hosts come right now, please, every campus, host come right now. they have invite cards. And we're going to put these invite cards in your hands right now. There's actually five in a packet. Imagine that. We thought through this thing. And and, and they're ready to go. And, and this is our tithe money, y'all. This is our tithe money, y'all. And it's more than ink. And it's more than paper. It's more than cardstock. The Spirit of God is on these things. And when you go to invite somebody, you might just watch God change their entire life, change their entire family, change their entire generation. You never know what God's going to do through you when you partner with God. So I want you to take at least a packet. At least one. Everyone take one. And, and if the church, my God, I feel like preaching two messages. If the church or the pastor has to twist the arm and beg you to do that, I would check your salvation. Because that's the one thing Jesus called us to do. And if you're having a hard time doing the one thing Jesus called, I'm not talking about I'm shy and it's going to be a struggle, stand in line. But Jesus didn't say, unless you're shy. Jesus didn't say, let me exclude this type of personality. Jesus said, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and preach the word. That's what we're to do. And so so I want to challenge everybody here to take those cards. Do you have them? Did you get them? I want you to hold them up. I want you to hold your phone up, hold it up, hold your phone up, hold your cards up. This week, this week, the two going to become one. And as the two, watch this, watch this, as the two become one, you know what happens? Before we talk to them, we're going to pray to God about them. And we're going to ask God. So right now, Father God, I pray over every person here, whether they're introvert or extrovert. God, whether they are a professional inviter or this is their first opportunity. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would raise up a massive army, a massive amount of boldness and courage. To invite people who so desperately need you. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right. I'm so excited. Y'all excited about Easter? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The title of the talk is Have Grit, Don't Quit. Someone say, Have Grit. Someone say, Have Grit. Someone say, Have Grit. Someone say, Don't Quit. Someone say, Don't Quit. Someone say, Don't Quit. Someone say, Have Grit. Someone say, Don't Quit. Have Grit. Don't Quit. Now, you're going to remember this. You're not going to remember everything about the message, but you're going to remember the title, and the title is Sushi-Sized Message. That's what I want you to remember. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. So we're not going to quit. We're going to have some grit. We're going to have some marriage grit, and we are not going to quit on our marriage. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And if you're here and you've been through credible, unbelievable Heartbreaking times before in your life or in your marriage, and you say, I didn't quit. I didn't want to quit. I tried not to quit. I did everything to prove I wouldn't quit, and he quit or she quit. Listen, if they walked away from you, God knows that you don't need them for your destiny. You did everything you could do, and they still, my, my buddy came home to a note said, I'm gone, house was empty. I'm gone, hope I never see you again type of thing. I'm out of here. That's how my buddy came home. He didn't want that to happen. He tried to do everything he could so that wouldn't happen. Maybe, maybe that's your situation, that's your story, and this whole time has been really tough because it's brought up emotion, it's brought up memories, it's brought up the the feeling of your heart just being ripped in a million different pieces. Here's what I want to tell you. What I want to tell you is there's a God in heaven. He's not only a way maker, he's a promise keeper, and I'm telling you, he knows the plans that he has for you, declares the Lord, and they are good plans, and they are great plans, and they're plans to give you a hope. They're plans to give you a future. He is smiling on you. And though your heart may have been breaking before, I'm telling you, listen, you just stay in faith. You just stay in faith. You just stand in faith, and you believe, you believe that even though that was wrong, I'm telling you what, my God takes what's wrong, and He makes it right. I'm telling you, there's hope in Jesus. So have, have grit. Don't you dare quit. I want to illustrate this. We're going to show a video and we're going to get out of here. And the scripture that I want to go to is in 1 Corinthians 13. This is known as the love chapter. It's known as the love chapter. It's amazing. In fact, this is one of those passages you've heard before. If you've been to any wedding in the South, you have heard these verses before. But how cool, all of a sudden, to say, you know what? 1 Corinthians 13 is going to be not only good for the wedding day, but it's actually going to be good for every day after the wedding day. So so, so we're not just going to say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to love you, baby. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to love you. It tells us what love is. It says, if I could speak, verse 1, I'm reading from the NLT. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others. I would only be a noising gong or a clinging symbol if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all. Not imagine that. Imagine if you possessed all of knowledge. Just that thought, right there. Hello, that's a. Poof. People that tell me there is no God, I'm like, do, you, are you sure? Because if you're right and I'm wrong, I'm okay. But if I'm right and you're wrong. And I ask him, I say, do you have all knowledge? I mean, I don't know anyone has all knowledge, but if you could have all knowledge, and and Paul goes on to say, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but, watch this, but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. So you know how you be something? Love. You know how many funerals that I've been to? How many funerals I've done, how many funerals I've spoken at or preached. And the people that were all about themselves were left all by themselves. But the people who loved people, the people who made their life about other people's lives, there was standing room only. I'm getting goosebumps right now, because that's the deal. It's, it's about love. It's not about all knowledge. It's not about having all faith. It's not about having all the prophecy and all the gifts. No, no, no. No, it's not about that. In fact, it goes on and says this. If I gave everything, that's irrational generosity. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Someone say nothing. Now someone say nothing. That's like a whole nother level of nothing is nothing. I would have gained nothing. I wouldn't be any better because of it. Love, oh, here's the definition. And I want us to see this through the lens. That's incredibly amazing because these truths here... It's, it's like 3D, man. This vision is, is 2020. This is unbelievable because this is going to describe love to us, but this love is how God loves me. And it's how God wants me to love me. And it's how God wants me to love you. But if I don't believe that this is how God loves me, then I will not love me this way. And I certainly won't let mom preaching, and I won't love you. I won't love you that way because I can't love me. Jesus said it's something like this, love your neighbor as... Yourself. And if you don't even know how to love yourself, how are you gonna love your spouse? If you don't understand how God loves you, you won't love you and you can't love the person on the other side of you. So this is a triple threat, man. This is a a cool triangle. This is God saying, This is how I love you. Can I read it real fast? We're gonna do it three times. Here we go, ready? Love is patient and kind. So God's love to you is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, so God is not rude to us. Mm. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It does, It keeps no record of being wrong. Thank God that God keeps no record of, of my sin because as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed my sin from me. God doesn't even remember it. You ought to be... Standing and clapping for that. I'm gonna do it one more time. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to be like I'm in church I'm hearing the Word of God. This is a powerful truth, and I'm gonna give a care Let me try it one more time I'm gonna to try to preach a little better help me Let me try it like this the moment you sin and the devil who's the accuser He is the accuser. You remember remember in Job, he pops up in heaven. and, And God says, have you considered my servant Job? The devil doesn't ask to pick on Job. God tells the devil to go pick on Job. It's in the scripture. Because Job was that much of a godly man. God knew he could take it. And God knew where his breaking point was. And he said, you can take it all the way, devil, but you can't kill him. But you can't kill him the devil came back to god and started accusing job of all these things and he said of course because you won't let me touch his body he's a accu- you know what the devil the devil accuses you he accuses you in your mind how many times does the devil pop in your mind and tell you what a bad person you are what a bad mother you are and there's something called mother guilt isn't that a real thing? Tell you what a bad father you are. Tell you what a bad husband, what a bad wife. And he just accuses and accuses and accuses you. But when he does that to God, when you got saved, the blood of Jesus not only covered you. Oh, it's better than covering. The blood of Jesus cleansed you. And when God looks at you, he says, wait a second. Let me get my glasses real quick. You're telling me that my boy's a liar. Let me look real quick. Nope. He's perfect. HE'S PERFECT. WHEN THE DEVIL ACCUSES YOU OF BEING ABSOLUTELY TRASH, GOD SAYS, NO, 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 no. THAT'S NOT TRASH, NO, THAT'S, THAT'S TROPHY. THAT'S TROPHY. WHEN THE DEVIL ACCUSES YOU OF ALL THE THINGS WHEN YOU'VE MESSED UP, BECAUSE OF THE BLOOD OF JESUS, GOD SAYS THERE'S NO SIN, BECAUSE THE BLOOD OF JESUS CLEANSES US From all sin. Thank you. You be seated. Listen to this. Listen to this. God's love for us keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And love never gives up. So God's mm -mm -mm -mm, God's love for me never gives up. Peter denies him. But Jesus loves Peter so much, he is not just committed. He's in a covenant relationship. And though, come here, Tyler, real quick, come here, come here. Though he is this close. We went to Israel, and this was mind-blowing. We were actually the very area where the fire was burning, and Peter denied Jesus three times to a middle school girl. I want to tell you the truth. This is crazy. Watch this. Where Jesus was being held... Peter was this close to the fire. So Jesus hears Peter deny him. But Peter, listen, watch this. Peter denies him three times. He said, I don't know him. And then he curses to prove I don't know him. But Jesus loved him enough to let him know that he was not only committed, but in a covenant relationship that he told him ahead of time. And then when he hears him, because he's this close. He's close enough, I could toss my, I could trust you by tossing my cell phone to you to catch it. He's this close to him. Jesus just looks at Peter and he looks at him with a look of love. Thanks, Tyler. He looks at him with a look of love, not a look like, ooh, I ought to slap you, boy, or man, come on, God, send them angels, Father God. No, no, he looks at him like, Peter, I love you and I already told you this was gonna happen. And if I knew this was gonna happen like I did, And I told you it was going to happen before it did, but I still loved you before it did. I'm here to tell you right now, I still love you, even though it just did. That's what never gives up. So God's love for me never gives up, never loses faith, always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now I'm going to read it again, but this time I'm going to read it about me, because it's not only this is how God loves me, this is how God calls me to love me that the love I have for myself should be patient. So be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. I heard someone the other day, they did something, and they're like, I am so stupid, and they said that. And I thought, oh, no, they believe it. What's worse than saying it? Believe in it. And the things we say comes from the heart. And I had to rip that label off of them. Who told you that? No, 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 be kind to yourself. Be patient to yourself. Don't be jealous don't be boastful, don't be proud, don't be rude, don't demand your own way self. How about that message? That 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 that'll preach, right? You just point to yourself and say, hello. Is not irritable, keeps no record of wrongs, of being wrong. So, so I if I love myself the way God loves me, then, then I don't need to keep a record. It does not rejoice, amen. I hear you. Does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out love never gives up so i shouldn't give up on myself you've been struggling for a while you've fallen back into the thing that you're struggling with that addiction whatever that addiction was and you have fallen back into that but listen listen god says i'm not going to give up on you so you don't give up on you you don't give up on you you don't say i'm an addict you don't say i'm this or that i may be struggling with this or that, but I want to tell you something. I am a child of the Most High God. I am a son of the living God. I am a daughter of the living God. And though I am struggling right now in the trench, this does not define me. I am not. I am not what the devil says I am. I am not what you say I am. I am only what you say I am. So love never gives up, I'm not gonna give up. It never loses faith, I'm not gonna lose faith. It's always hopeful, so I'm gonna remain hopeful and it adores through every circumstance, so I'm not gonna let the circumstance take me out because God says I'm still gonna love you, so I'm still gonna love me. And now we transition to number three and that is that is how I love my spouse because I've understood the capacity of God's love for me. Now I understand the opportunity that I'm called To love myself that way, to love myself how God loves me, to see myself how God sees me, to speak about myself how God speaks about me. Some of you talk and think about yourself like the devil does. That was Mind Monsters, October. We gotta flush that because we can never treat people better, we can never love people if we don't understand how God loves us and how. We are called to love ourselves. So so now we're talking about marriage. So love is patient, love is kind. And 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 all you gotta do is be married for a few minutes to understand that love requires patience. See the question I want you to think about is this. What does love require of me? I heard Andy Stanley say that at a conference a couple years ago. That sticker is on our dresser and it's on our um, bathroom mirror. And that's a question, it's a great question to ask yourself every day. What does love require of me? What does love require of me? What does it require of me? You know what it's gonna require of you? Watch this. Patience, kindness, make the decision not to be jealous, don't be boastful, don't be proud, and don't be rude. And if you're married, I'm telling you, we can treat people that we don't even know with so much dignity, so much respect, so much honor, and we can come home and be so freaking rude. To the person we said I do for better or for worse and God says no love doesn't do that so love requires you not to be rude not to demand its own way there are marriages that 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 you're really struggling but it's because you're really selfish that was our problem first three years we were both super selfish it was like I don't want it my way no I want it my way we thought it was Burger King And we fight about it. (laughs) You know, and we fight so hard, we forget what we're fighting about. But dang it, we're going to win the fight. Don't look at me like y'all never been there before. It's not irritable. Man, if you're irritable, everyone knows it but you. (laughs) If, If you're an irritable person, trust me, everybody knows. You don't have to say pray for me. In community group, they already wrote it down. Anybody got a prayer request? <laughs> Unspoken. What they're saying is, <laughs> that's funny right there. It keeps no record of being wrong. So, so in your marriage, watch, watch, watch. In your marriage, don't say stuff like this. You always do that. You never do that. Yeah, but, but you, with you, and sometimes we dig up stuff. That's 15 years old, 15 months old, 15 days old. And we wonder why it's hard to love. We wonder why we didn't want to take the sex challenge because there's... mm, Because we're hanging on to too many wrongs in order to take a step forward in the right direction. So love, my spouse, means that I'm going to keep no record of being wrong. And I I mentioned this to you one day, but I, I was... I was in the Bible, I was reading. It's a good thing to do. I I thoroughly recommend it. Don't just come to church and try to load up for the week. Get along with Jesus. Blow the dust off the Bible. (laughs) Open it up and watch the devil tremble. And either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. I heard recently, a friend of mine told me that whenever he's a pastor in town, a great pastor in town, whenever someone asks, him to do a funeral he says let me see their Bible said I tell a lot about a person's life by looking at their Bible I got my mom's Bible had it for a few months or let me say it like this actually this would make more sense Um, she had it for a few months and she passed away and um, it was given to me it's in my safe at the house and I open it up and there's highlight 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 in a few months She has read so many verses that spoke to her. That's one of my biggest treasures, not money, that's mama's Bible. And in just three months, how she was in the Word, and the Word was in her. Mm. Doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. You know what love requires of you? Love requires of you that you're a truth seeker. You're a peacemaker. Love never gives up. What does it require of me? Tenacity. Some of you are more tenacious for your job than you are your marriage. Some of you are more tenacious about the stock market than you are your family. And so it never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. So the way I'm to love my spouse is to always be hopeful and to endure through the word of God says every circumstance every circumstance You know what every means Every it says that we're to persevere through every circumstance so so just because you don't like The circumstance that you're in has nothing to do with staying in it. Imagine, imagine running out of gas. Imagine running out of gas. You're on the Three Mile Bridge. Maybe you've been there. <laughs> if I honked, I apologize. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, teasing. I'm just teasing. Imagine running out of gas. And instead of going and getting gas to refill the car, you leave the car. You say, That's it. I'm going to get a new car. I'm done. I'm done. It stopped. It won't go anymore, it won't move anymore. It's not making, my God, it's not making me feel like I used to feel with that new car smell. Mm. No, you know what you would do? You would go get gas. You would just go get some gas. You say we ran out of gas. It was my fault. And if you're a man, you would say, you know, I was just trying to push it to the limit. Trying to see if I could get one more. I, I knew it was below red, but I wanted to see exactly how far below from the E to the, to, so I could do it again. If you're a lady, you're married, it's because your husband didn't, I'm just kidding. I, I'm telling a little truth, some truth, I don't know, maybe a lot of truth. It's like, it was my husband's fault. He didn't, he didn't fill my tank. Um, You know what you do? You go get more gas. But you know what we do in marriages? We run out of gas. And we give up. We give up. Give up on the marriage. We walk away. I want you to watch this video. This video. I hope you get ready. This video is going to put tears in your eyes. We have some friends, Rob and Terry. I want you to look at the screen and watch their story. Let's look together.
2: Hi, my name is Rob Ferlone. This is my wife, Terry Ferlone, and we've been going to Momentum for about two years now. I was in the Army. Um, I was an Army Ranger in the 75th Ranger Regiment and went on to become a Green Beret. Um, So, Pretty much growing up from the time I was 18 into my 30s, um, I just went to war a bunch and would come home and prepare to go to war and go back. Um, I deployed nine times to Iraq and Afghanistan and that was just my life for a long time. And then I met this little filly and we got married Within like the first two hours we met, and um, everything was great, and she just kind of went along with the the roller coaster of my life. Um, for the first six years of our marriage, I was only home for a total of nine months, and it did um, it had a, a hard toll on our marriage. Um,
1: When he came back from that last deployment, around the six years of marriage, he was really struggling. Um, We both were struggling, really. I was struggling with being a single mom, and he was struggling with trying to integrate back into, you know, life here and being a dad of two small boys and he was dealing with some issues from the war you know the war was really tough on him
2: I I didn't think I was gonna live to be 35 and I kind of embraced that I thought you know you know at some point'm I'm, I'm gonna step on a mine or, or get shot it was just kind of odds were with me on that one I was I was devastated that you know to me war was gonna be over and I was just actually gonna maybe live a, a long and prosperous life. For some reason, that, that didn't sit well with me originally. One night, I was, I was drinking a lot and I just, I just wanted to end it all and went to, uh, drove from this hotel I was at to a convenience store, buy eight bottles of Tylenol PM because I didn't want to shoot myself because I didn't want to do that to my wife. I thought that would, that would, for her to see something like that would be too much, so I thought that was the best way. And um, on my way back from getting that Tylenol, I, uh, I got pulled over and that saved my life. I just needed help and um, went to the hospital That was really hard because um, I had to look at my wife and I could see that she looked at me differently um, as I was in the hospital, not for like a physical injury. Um, And that was really hard on me. I had been pushing her away for so long. there have been so many times I had tried to divorce her. It, she, what she was honestly used to, was a pattern of me deploying. In the middle of the deployment, I would call her and tell her I wanted a divorce and how serious I was. And um, my dad trying to talk me out of it, and me coming home and trying to pretend like everything was normal again. So I, when I got out of the hospital, we, uh, I, I really not let anybody talk me out of it this time and um, and we got a divorce, a, a legit divorce.
1: I moved away to Maryland with our two oldest, Benjamin and Matthew at the time, and I got a new job. And
2: A friend had sent me a link to a, a Judah Smith sermon um, from, I want to say it's Judah Smith Hillsong Conference 2014 and um, and I listened to that sermon and it just it tore me open and um, it's about Gomer and, and Hosea. And uh, from that, almost pretty much from that moment, I started fighting for my wife back and my family.
1: I really don't even know how to describe it, but Rob started pursuing me again and I kind of took the walls down to let him back into my life. And that was really hard because, you know, from the outside, everybody was saying, what are you doing, Terry? That's crazy, it's ridiculous. You know, you've divorced, you've completely moved away, you've started a new life. But, um, you know, I obviously loved him and I knew that if God was in this, you know, he could redeem this marriage. And so really after five months of divorce, we ended up remarrying and on paper, it seems absolutely crazy. And it really is kind of crazy when we think about it, but it was all in God's plan. And we remarried five months later. And this May, we'll we'll have been married 10 years, which is just mind blowing to me considering where we've been. The first, I would say, six or seven years of our marriage, we were just surviving, we weren't thriving. And so the last two or three uh, years of being at Momentum and being in our small group, we genuinely enjoy one another now and we're not fighting all day, every day, and we're still making jokes all day, every day. And, uh, you know, we're just loving life together. This May will be our 10th year wedding anniversary, and I am so very proud of where we've come. And just, it's it's all in God's grace that we're here because, you know, we were divorced and we were not together at one point. Um, but now we're, you know, we're doing a video for Momentum because we genuinely love our group, and the growth that we've made in this church. And we're just so proud of his redeeming grace on our marriage. If you know Christ can change our marriage and get us back together, he can certainly turn your life around. You just gotta give him the opportunity.
0: That's so good. Come on. I wanna thank Rob and Terry for that video and Taylor for filming it. That really just screams what this message is all about. Have grit. Don't quit. I love the fact that even though they were divorced, God resurrected what was dead. That's so holy. And and God's no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of people. What that means is God didn't have favorites. If God did that for them. God can do that for you. Yeah. I want to show you something real quick. We're going to close. Um, this is called friction tape. It's, uh, it's sticky on both sides. And what I like about it is it's easy to rip. And uh, what I don't like about it is... Is uh, and it and it serves it serves a purpose, but but man, you stick this thing together, like it's just it is super easy. Just to, and, and and it's sticky on both sides, so so it doesn't really stick together. Like it doesn't have much adhesive on it, and and it it uh, it stick to other stuff, but. Not even that good either. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really a poor picture of what marriage is supposed to be. But then you have this stuff called uh, duct tape, or uh, if you're on all access, um, gaff tape. And and you know this is the stuff if you go to if you go to night of worship, you go to night of worship and there's cords all over the place and man, that we've got stuff and they're, they're, they're taped down. They're, they're taped down so you don't stumble, you don't trip over it. But, but um, when you put this thing together, it's hard, it's real hard to tear it apart. Now, that was just a piece. And, and God says in Genesis that, watch this, watch this, watch, 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 watch. That when we get married, when we get married, that one man and one woman come together and they leave, says that the man leaves his father and mother, and the two become one flesh. They become one flesh. and it's, it's super hard to get it apart <laughs> because if you rip one, you, 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 you rip the two that became one because there's so much stickiness. There's so much adhesive. I, I hear there was an overlap, but here I, I cannot pull the two apart because the two now have become one. So, so whatever God hath joined together, Oh, some of y'all need to listen right now. Some of y'all right now, because you think about throwing in the towel and quitting. Whatever God hath joined together, let no man separate. Let no man discard. Let no man take lightly. And that includes yourself and your man. It means no man. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're gonna never quit. We're gonna have grit and never if you're a married couple. Would you stand right now one more time if you're a married couple? i got another challenge for you. And this challenge is to make and to manage these five commitments together. Man, hold your honey's hand. Put your arm around your sweetie pie. Hold your husband's hand if you can. And I want you to make this commitment as I pray for you that we're gonna seek God we're going to fight fair, we're going to have fun, we're going to stay pure, and we're going to never quit. So God, we just dedicate this series to you, and I pray out of this series comes incredibly strong, biblically healthy marriages. I pray that this series would be a foundation for married couples that are newly married, for couples that are getting ready to be married for couples that have been married before and for couples that have been married and are still married I pray this would be the new foundation for our marriages and I pray for heaven's help and I ask it in Jesus name amen you can be seated in the presence of God with your heads bowed and your eyes closed we never like to end a gathering without giving people an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus all through the Bible, it points to Jesus. See, the story of man started out good, but sin got in the picture and sin separated. And because of sin, all of a sudden, sin separated God from man. And now what was holy was broken. And now there was a chasm between holy God and now sinful man. So God had a plan in his great love, and that plan was Jesus. In fact, the first promise of this plan is found in Genesis chapter three, God's plan. Verse 15, that God would have his son, his son, his only son. He would be referred to as the second Adam, and what the first Adam messed up, the second Adam would get right. And where the first Adam brought sin and death, the second Adam would bring life and resurrection. And he who knew no sin became sin for you and I on a cross. Jesus died to pay for our sins. He himself had never sinned, but he absorbed the sin of the world. The Savior absorbed the sin of the world, and he became sin. And God, his Father, punished sin because sin must be punished. But Jesus came in as a substitution. Jesus took what we deserved so that we could get what God deserved. And Jesus died on that cross and he shed his blood. He, he was a perfect, precious lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And on that cross, Jesus paid for the sin of the entire world. He paid for the sin at one time, for everybody in full. And Scripture says that if we will look to Jesus as our Savior, we will live. In fact, the verse we know so well, John three sixteen. if you back it up a couple verses, right before that most popular verse of the Bible, you'll find a reference to Moses and, and to a snake that was lifted up in the middle of a whole bunch of Israelites, and they were being struck by snakes, and God told him to take this snake and to put it on a stick and to raise it up and to tell everyone, look, 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 and you will live. And all they had to do was look, and it was actually prophetic. It was prophetic snake resembling sin the wood resembling the cross that one would be lifted up high above everybody else and if he was lifted up he would draw all men to himself and jesus was lifted up and all you have to do is look to the savior and live all you have to do but men in our sin we don't want to look we want to look everywhere else but to god and god says this if you will look to me. And if you will confess your sin, and if you'll believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be made brand new. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life, which is in heaven. And the cool thing is it's not just about heaven one day, someday. No, no, it's about heaven comes to me today, that God comes and he dwells in me today. The Spirit of God lives in me, and Jesus didn't just come so I could have heaven one day. Jesus came so I could have him today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And he says it starts with confessing that we're a sinner. If you've never done that, then today's your day. If you're in Navarre, you're watching online, you're in Gulf Breeze, you're here in Pensacola, you're in Blackwater Campus, wherever you are, listen, it starts with recognizing that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, but Jesus paid for my sin. And if I will put my faith and trust in Him, in Christ alone, Jesus will forgive me of my sin and He'll teach me how to live. We live in a sin-sick world, and this world doesn't need all these things that we've been trying to fix the world with that are not even a good Band-Aid. What this world needs is Jesus. What you need is not a Band-Aid, what you need is Jesus, and so if you are here today And you've put your faith in religion, you've put your faith in a denomination, you put your faith in a baptism, you put your faith in catechism, you put your faith in a Sunday school, you put your faith in who your parents were or your grandparents were. No, no, you only can put your faith in the faithful one, that's Jesus. And if you do that and you make that transaction of putting your faith in Him alone, that's how you become a child of God. Not everyone is a child of God. Not everyone is is a child of God. You become a child of God by believing in him. And it doesn't mean just believing like, yeah, I acknowledge, sure, there may be Jesus was real. No, no. No, it means that I put my entire faith and trust in that what Jesus did on that cross by dying for me and shedding his blood to forgive my sins is my ticket to heaven. And so I believe that's what the sinner next to Jesus on the cross did he turned to Jesus he looked and he said remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus said today you'll be with me in paradise you know what Jesus said Jesus said you're gonna live because you looked if you've never done that I want to lead us right now in a sinner's prayer it's just a it's, it's a prayer but it's a prayer to Jesus and Jesus says any sinner that comes to him he will not reject you may think you've been too far, you've been too bad, you've been gone too long, and Jesus says, come, 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 come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest for your souls. So with heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to pray it to God, and, and I would invite you to repeat after me. We're going to pray it together. You're not praying to me. I'm a man. You're not praying through me. You get to pray right to God. God's listening. So we're going to pray together. Would you pray with me? And let's say it out loud. Here we go, let's say it together. Would you say, dear God, that's right, say it loud. Dear God, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. You've seen all of my sins, and you still love me. I accept your love and all that goes with it. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose again. I declare Jesus is Lord, and I now give you my life and I receive your life now teach me how to live in Jesus name everyone look up, everyone look up Gulf Breeze, Navarre, come on you're watching online right here in Pensacola, Blackwater if you made that decision you prayed that prayer, you're just as saved as this preacher is, in fact scripture says that in heaven heaven is throwing a party if only one person stepped across that line of faith, heaven throws a party for you, come on So that's why we clap. It's why we celebrate. On the count of three, I'm going to ask if that's you. If you prayed that prayer, you gave your life to Christ today, and you placed your faith and trust in Christ alone, I want you to raise your hand up. Why? Why, Pastor Tim? Well, Jesus said, if you will not be embarrassed of me in front of men, Jesus said, I will not be embarrassed in front of my Father of you. Pretty good reason right there. Um, but we want to see who you are We want to celebrate you Because heaven's celebrating you And we want to give you a gift Inside this bag We'll help you take your next right steps Some really cool tools in there So on the count of three Every campus online Type and tell us Jesus made me new If you're at our other campuses I want you to raise your hand High Here we go Don't hesitate Don't procrastinate Raise it up high Are you ready? One, two, three Right now hold it up Here in Pensacola I see you sir Pensacola.